every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. With Kingdom Stories from Down Under, most sessions run pretty smooth. We do have a very challenging session though tonight because we've tried to do this uh, podcast, to film this podcast a few times until now and we've had some massive challenges. In fact, for all the previous episodes, we haven't had that many challenges, but with this one, we had the most. And I believe this is a spiritual attack. I believe that something powerful will unfold here tonight because there was so much opposition to grab this story. Tonight with me in the studio, we have Jody Hampton. Jody Hampton is an indigenous Australian um, uh, lady who has had a massive encounter with God, who serves the Lord, is prophetic, is apostolic. However, she comes from a very, very dark background. Uh, God is using her in this time to heal the land and heal the people of this beautiful nation. And uh, just to have her here tonight is an absolute privilege. Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah we've, we've had massive challenges to get you going, eh? Yeah, it's been hard. But... Different spirits trying to block this. Yeah, yeah. It must be something you need to release here tonight, I believe. Absolutely. And I pray you don't hold back, eh? Yeah. No holding back. No holding back. Yeah. What's on your heart? What's right on your heart? Right. Ah, it's funny, I was thinking today about um, three women that I consider myself to be like in the Bible. Yeah. So I was saying to myself today, I am the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. I am the Samaritan woman. Yeah, the Samaritan woman. I am also like Mary Magdalene and I am but now it's like I'm the Shulamite. Yeah. Chasing I'm chasing him. Yeah, I've yeah. I've I've found him. I've found him. Yeah. I've come to a place where I'm just have this peace and walking with him and his fragrance. So I've come from a place so I'd say I have come from a place where I was like the um, Mary Magdalene, like in a place where I was, you know, there were different men in my life. I, uh, so there was no, no sense of wanting even a relationship. Yeah. Because I didn't want to commit to anything because of past hurts and abuse. Yes. Um, Yeah, I had, I would, I, so there was a stage in my life where I would be, I spent a lot of my time at brothels mm-hmm. with the ladies that worked there. And, yeah, so that sort of, that area there is like, like what, like how they said, like Mary Magdalene, you know. But then I looked, then I was like, <clears throat> when I met Jesus, was like, it was that perfect time. It was like how it says in the story of the Samaritan woman, you know, he he went there. He went to a place where it's not usually 
it doesn't usually happen. It doesn't. It's not usually found. The <clears throat> the Jews are not to talk to the Samaritans because yeah. they're dirty, they're filthy, yeah. and especially a man to speak with a woman was yeah. just unheard of. But then Jesus, he goes and he waits this well for this woman, and she came there to draw water. Yes, and that's where he he um, her whole life was transformed. Uh, I've even had in Alice Springs people would tell me my cousin Cassidy. He said to me, um, he actually got saved by staying at my house. He said to me, you're like the Samaritan woman. <laughs> he said, when you got saved, you've just told the whole town about Jesus. Yeah. Like people, there were carloads that were coming to the house yes. to sit down and we would cook them food and we had a huge, <clears throat> there was, so it was my old, um, my Lutheran pastor. Mm -hmm. He had let me rent his house yeah. and he there was a huge fire pit at the back, like there was all, like he had this beach sand there <clears throat> and then a fireplace in the middle and we would all gather and have kangaroo tail and have meals or just a fire and drinks and sit down together and <clears throat> and even break bread. Yeah. And when they would come, I would cook their meals mm -hmm. and I would just, my house just had constant Christian music yeah. and the word flowing. And wow. people would just come there and cars, colors would get saved. And one of the things that were um, that I never thought was some of the men that were coming in from business, yes, from initiation, yes, they would come in, uh, being family, they would come in, and um, but I would know, like as I would, there's something about some of them, some of the men that they had with them, yeah. that I would just walk back inside and say, I'll just cover myself in the blood of Jesus, mm. and. As I would go back out, um, yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I would go back out and it was like almost a, I would feel something touch me but it couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, they would just they'd give their life to the Lord. Mm. And even though they were in this place, that the Lord had saved them then, his hand was on them, they had spoken it. And even though when they were going back into it, the Lord was showing them what they could do and what they couldn't do. Wow. And then eventually he's um I've seen he's started to pull some out of the business. You went to um Bunbury a week ago, a week yes. and a half ago. How did it go there? What what did the Lord do with wow. you? Wow. That was absolutely beautiful. At the um at the place that we went, the yes. the grounds. Yes. Um wow. So there's a theme, God is calling you to various places. Land, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, land. What What is the theme? The theme is he has, wow, the whole thing with him calling me over here, he is sending me to, so the Lord has started. This probably was happened about uh, about three, four years ago. The Lord had started four years ago, and I've only been saved six. So within two years of being saved, he has called me to the Aboriginal massacre sites and slaughter grounds. Mm -hmm. But I never know what it is until I get there. Yeah. I do have people who say to me, um, like, and I've, I have been doing this yeah. for that time for over four years yes. in the shadows, yeah. just me and God. Mm. And I do have churches praying for me. Yes. I have from the Anglican to some Catholic people, yeah. you know, I have all these different groups of people praying for me. And people, uh, my mentor, John Blackett, my grandmother, all praying for me. <clears throat> I haven't said, told people yes. 
that I do this because like um, like in Second Samuel 21, um, the Lord said to, said to David, he said, I am sending you on a mission. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone where you're going because you're on a mission from yeah. God. Yeah. And he would, so he would t- t- uh, send me to these, um, these, so I would meet, I would meet with Jesus. Yeah. I would have an encounter and it was, <clears throat> I would encounter him mm-hmm. and it's, he gives me such a word that it's absolutely unshakable that I couldn't, that I can stand on, yes. that it can't be shifted. And I will have an encounter. I will meet with Jesus. He gives me a word, a solid word, very solid. Yes. And then he shows me what to do. But on these places where he takes me, I see it so beautiful. But he always gives me um, to go there and do communion mm-hmm. and pour the blood on the ground. Why is that? What does that mean? As as he, because when he would taken me to the first place in Central Australia, <clears throat> we're just praying for the people and the land because a lot of Indigenous families will start fighting because of land. Yes. And whose rights and this sort of stuff. So I was praying for the people and I was like, Lord, I just pray these people that they will, our, my people will stop fighting, fighting each other. Mm. And, um, well, that there'd be peace and they're fighting over land, fighting each other. Lord, I just pray that will stop. And then he said, their blood cries out to me from the land. Mm. And then, he, so it spoke about, so this to me, oh, there was just a knowing that he was speaking. And when I first heard this, wow, this is absolutely amazing. When I first heard this, it was, um, sorry, <laughs> Yeah, so he had shown me that their blood cries out to me from the ground. Then from here, we got a word. It was like the Bible just came alive and God was showing us exactly where to go. But there was something on TV when this man was speaking and he was a prophet. He was an Indian prophet. And behind him was a menorah. Wow. The menorah, like the the candlestick, Jewish candlestick. And I had... I didn't have an understanding of, I did know that it was a Jewish candlestick and I knew it was very close to God. Mm. And then from here, after watching this, this man, he, he even confirmed what we had read. Yes. And from there we had gone to the um, place in Alice Springs which and there was a menorah tree. We were led to a menorah tree in the middle of this dry Creek, and that was the first call. Yes, to plead the blood and go there. It was sitting there. Where was this? In Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. So I've been to a lot of places. I've been there um, in in then South Australia around the APY lands, the Pitjantjara country and Yunkunjara lands, and then also South Australia. But when the Lord has called me over here, it was to go to Rottnest Island. Mm-hmm. But now, now that that is done, I have to to go to Pinjara, mm. and he says the their blood cries out to me from the ground. And when I look at the word, because everything, everything, and everything we ever encounter, everything that we go through, because everything is written in the book of life. Yes. I know it's in it's it's in the yep. word. Yep, it has to line up with the word. Yes, so that's what I always go to, and yeah, yeah the story of. Uh, Adam and Eve, you know, God created Adam and Eve. They had children. Yeah. And then these, 
uh, Cain and Abel. Yeah. And that's what God said. His, their blood cries out to me from the ground. And I think when I think about the, the Indigenous people and the non-Indigenous when they have met each other this very first time, so the thought when I so the thought that goes through my head is it's just fear in both. Yes. Because I look at the white people haven't seen black and black haven't seen white, mm -hmm. and with indigenous people, uh, when they talk about like there's a story that's written up in Perth here about the spirits across the water. So they talk about when the um, when the boats came here that yes. they seen these white spirits come out of these big yeah. Boats. These big boats, yeah, and it was it was white men because I haven't seen white men before, so they call them white spirits. Yes, the white spirits walking across the sea. So they just, it was just, yeah, fear. Wow. So this is a ministry in itself. Yeah. To to um, obviously to go to these sites because your people, the first Australians, the indigenous, they're very connected with the land. Yes. And spiritually speaking, also they're very connected with the land. Mm. They sense when they approach. Wow! Don't they? Yeah, exactly. Even a, even a, um, where I come from, because I'm from uh, Alice Springs, Central Australia. A lot of cultural stuff. Yeah, is very strong. Mm. And going to a witch doctor it's is common. a common thing. Yeah, daily almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you got something wrong, you know, you can't. The doctor says there's nothing wrong with you. They yeah. then know it's spiritual. Yes. They go to a witch doctor, and that just aggravates the problem mm. and possesses you. Uh, usually, so you you were born in Alice Springs. Yeah, born in Alice Springs. Raised there. Um, I <clears throat> at a, after the drowning, I moved um, after my cousins had drowned. I had when I was with them, we moved to South Australia. What, what happened with your cousin there? Um, my mum worked at a place called Congress. Mm -hmm. And my dad, he was an auto electrician, so he was at work, and mum, and mum was working. So, but they would have these huge family gatherings, mm -hmm. and we came together at this place where the water runs through the. So it's a river, like the Todd River, and the water runs through the main part of town, and um, and Congress were there. There were a lot of people, cricket going. People would slide down the rocks. It was it was really good and. I just they remember. were swimming, they were playing swimming, in the water. Swimming, barbecues. So it's called the old telegraph station. So the town was built around this. Um, yeah, I had I was swimming with some cousins and because I was considered to be like a good older. good swimmer, maybe may have been a little older than them. Yes. Probably was a bit more um, aware of things than they were. Mm -hmm. And I was asked to look after watch the other kids swimming that I was swimming with. I was like seven mm. and I got up, I think I got up to go to the toilet, just went there and came back and I just heard people screaming <clears throat> and one was on her face floating and people just running in the water to grab her out and the other one just wasn't found. Both of them girls? Both of them girls, yeah. And the one floating was saved? Or not, uh, both of them died? I don't know what happened to the other lady, the other girl, but the one who I was really close with, she was right under the rock and she's just, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. So that really I never shook seen you. both of them again. That really shook you, didn't it? Yeah, like after that, after that, I was really, 
So I sort of tried to How old were you? turn it. I was seven. Mm-hmm. So I sort of tried to, so then I really made a thing for me, like to, to make sure I could know how to swim and learning to resuscitate. Mm-hmm. Even later on in life when I had my kids, I was like, if you're going to learn to swim, you're going you're gonna to have to learn how to swim, yeah. but you're going to have to learn how to do this as well. So we would always practice if someone was in the pool, safe, yeah. safety stuff. Yeah. How did it affect you emotionally and spiritually as well for life? Uh, emotionally and spiritually. Um, this incident. This incident. The drowning of your I buried cousin. it. You buried it. Yeah. Buried it. Buried it deep in myself. But it still had a grip on you, didn't it? Absolutely. It still it still affected things with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you moved from Alice Springs to South Australia or to yeah. WA? Yeah. Moved to moved to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. My mum and dad. My dad bought a business, um, Auto Electrics, there and. Me and my brother, we it was really good because so we could come to the place where we were very involved in cultural things in our family. When we were ta- then we were taken away from that. Yeah. And yeah, and went to. So now you're in the city. Now we're in the city. Never seen anything like different it. Different things, different yeah. attractions. Yeah. Um, you became a teenager. Yeah, became a teenager. Actually, yeah. It was, I love my sports. I was really involved in sports. Uh-huh. And then because I used to play a lot of like soccer. Yeah. I love soccer, hockey. <laughs> and hockey was good because it was so much like soccer. Yeah. And I like cricket. And so not much girls played these sports. Yeah. I did do calisthenics. and So you, you always gym. had a place on the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like these guys, they were always like they were my best friends. And, uh, you know, I, we would have sleepovers and stuff like that. And then... I remember, um, you know, people in the family would accuse me of being a lesbian. Oh, because you play those because those I had, sports. I had played boys' sports. Said, yeah. "What's wrong with you? Why don't you have Tom a boyfriend?" Boy. Yeah. So then, after that, I thought I'd prove a point, and I had a lot of boyfriends just to prove I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't good anyway. Which, no. <laughs> on the booze. On, I think I. I tried drinking at 16. I didn't really didn't really like it. Yeah. So I tried once when I was 16, didn't like it, but I think about 18, seven, yeah. about 17, 18, that's when I started drinking and eventually getting drunk. Yeah, and this is wow, and all of this stuff, stuff in my past that I had in my childhood, that trauma that I thought I buried was bubbling up. Mm. And this was causing anger, yeah. rebellion. Yeah, absolutely. It was so much things came out from that. Wow. Mm. And how were you handling it, going out, um, drinking? Did you get on drugs as well or not? Um, I probably, so I was smoking weed at probably, um, when did I start smoking weed? I think about 16. Oh, before you even drank. Before I was drinking because I didn't, I didn't like this. Yeah. I didn't like the smell of alcohol. And um, yeah, and yeah, so I was I was smoking smoking weed, mm-hmm. yeah, and that came to doing uh, breaking into people's yards, stealing plants, and selling them, or just for the fun of it. It was mainly it wasn't selling. Oh, some, some a little bit of selling it, but it was mainly for the hype. I just wanted the I love the adrenaline, adrenaline rush. Yeah, you know, being chased, being 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 chased, jumping over people's. 
fences, <laughs> ripping up these plants, my dogs and everything. It was well, getting into, and this, this, this got further and further. And like I said, when I was involved in this, um, in this brothel and stuff, this guy, he's who owned the brothel. He said, Jody, we've got all of these guys that have come in. They've got, they've got all of these drugs. Yeah. And they're waiting for a woman. They are, they are drunk. They're out. We need somebody. To so steal you, the drugs off them. Do you think you can go in? I said, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. You needed challenges like that. <laughs> I can. And they were all as, I was like, and now I look back, I go, I'm, I'm lucky I'm alive. Yeah. They could have killed you. Yeah. yeah. That's like absolutely crazy. Hmm. Lions then. <laughs> but you survived i survived relationally how were you did you get married or what did you do you're never married never married never married i've so i've had i've had um so i have four children mm -hmm. three girls and one boy now mm -hmm. uh, my two oldest their surname star their father he lives in carnarvon Indigenous man in Carnarvon. Mm -hmm. um, Where did you meet him? Met him. I met him in Carnarvon when I went there with. I went there to go. I think I came to Western Australia to see uh, my uncle Cyril, who's mm -hmm. my cousin, and Annie Helen, and they they've got kids my age and that. And yeah, so I, I lived with them when I was about did you ten across here? Yeah. And then I would come back and come and visit them. And what and, took you to Carnarvon? Um, I had just, uh, Annie Helen was organising like a, she was always in charge of events, family events. So I went with her for her family. And you met family this and, man here? Yeah, I met him there. And then you stayed with him for a while? Yeah, um, seven years. And you had the kids, two kids with him? Yeah, two kids. Mm -hmm. Was it a good relationship? No, no, it was very. Abusive? It was pretty abus abusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty abusive. Alcohol? Yeah, we were both drinking and stuff. And like the kids? That. The kids, um, the kids. Were you enjoying motherhood? Were you, were you aware or were you passed out a lot of the times? I was, um, well, it was just, I was just at home with the kids most of the time. So the, so drinking wasn't full on mm -hmm. there because I was mainly, with the kids, so it may have been like on a weekend or something like that, but not every day. The girls or boys? Girls, Both two girls, them. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And they're in Perth now or? One's in Adelaide and one's in Alice Springs. And you keep close with them? Yeah, really close with That's them. That's nice. So they've got their own families. Are you a grandma as well? I'm a grandma. You are? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Beautiful. What, what, both of them have children? Both of them have children. Um, my eldest grandson, his name's Phoenix. I absolutely, you know, it was, I think Taylor had him really young mm -hmm. and she rang me and told me she was pregnant and I was sort of, um, I was like, okay, I'll help you get rid of it. And then something just, I just thought, no, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. If you want to have this baby, I'm going to support you. Wow. And I just thought, you know what? No, I'm if you want to have this baby. And she was such a, as a child, this girl was so, wow, 
because I was on drugs and drinking with her at about four months, three or four months, I had left her inside on the, we had a sofa bed. Yes. She couldn't at that age, you know, she couldn't yes. roll over or no. anything. So I've, I've gone, I've smoked some weed, like just outside at the back and then I've had the door open and then I've, um, I've gone outside to water the, <clears throat> the fruit trees. And as I've gone out to water the trees, I've just heard go in and check, go mm. in and check her. And I went inside and she had rolled over. Oh, I had timing. grabbed her, her face, she was just completely blue and she was hanging on to this, to a cross Whoa. with Jesus on it. And I was like, where did this thing even come from? Wow. And this girl, when she was little, um, see, when the kids were little, when they were babies, if newborns, I bought them all. So the girls both had dolls, Faith and Grace, and yeah. these dolls would pray. Yeah. And they also had things that I would give them in their bed and they would uh, pull the bottom of it and it would sing a lullaby. Yes. But they would be prayers. One yes. was Our Father in Heaven. Wow. And the other one was The Lord is My Shepherd. Mm. So I gave them these when they were little and, yeah. Wow. And she had a, she would always, when she was little, walking out bush, she would, I would say, where are you going, Taylor? And she'd be walking around with like these 12 sausage dogs. Yes. And she would say, we're going to the creek to talk to Jesus. Yeah. And my auntie said to me, are you taking, what are you talking about Jesus for? What are you taking to church? And I said, don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm waiting for the bottle to open. Like, it wow. was just, yeah. And the spirit told you to tell her not to, not to terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. She probably wow. would have. Yeah. And when I look at that again now, because with all of, the, all of the stuff going on now about Have the, you had terminations, pregnancy <coughs> terminated? I did have one. And now I complete. Um, it's after I had that termination. Just watch the microphone. Oh, yeah, after I had the termination, the Lord actually, um, I had a vision of this little girl in heaven. Wow. She's, and she looked just like her brother. Did you name her? No. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't name her. I'd never, yeah. One day. Yeah, I, I think I will. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we had a, we lost a girl. Wow. And uh, for a while we didn't name her. And I was traveling in Europe with my wife and we were driving and we were reflecting on her. She was our first daughter. And uh, then on the road, I said, let's call her Yoshebed, which is uh, the name of Joseph's mom, uh, uh, Moses' mom. Wow. Uh, you know, and... Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so since then we, we attached the name to that baby. And I think it's, um, I don't know, it's somehow we felt that it dignified her as a person. Wow. And That's that, beautiful. And now we tell our children about your Shabbat. And especially Evangeline is very touched, like she talks about her. She says, we are four, but we were five. And obviously she never wow. met her because your Shabbat was before Evangeline. What does that mean, your Shabbat? Your Shabbat, um, I don't know, I have to look. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I read it at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't remember now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah really beautiful uh, expression. So it's just a reflection on <laughs> our yeah. life. But yeah. uh, did it haunt you, um, that incident? Having the, no, no, not after, not after the Lord had showed, not after God had showed me 
where she was. Yeah. And at this time, it's like I went to, I would go to the church and do ceremonial worship. Yeah. Like um, to, to the Lord with my grandparents when I was little. And then we would go to the Lutheran church. I did all of this. But it was like I even, so I, I lost that baby after having the miss. It, it was like I believe God was healing my heart by showing me where she was. And I was like, wow. And I knew exactly what she looked like. And I told her father as well and we sort of spoke about it. And um, he, didn't, he didn't want me to do it. Mm. I don't think. I'm not too sure. But at the time he wasn't there. Yeah. He was never, he wasn't around. Yes. And we, I, I was in a bad spot, bad place. Mm. But there's no justification for what had happened. And even as I look at, um, you know, how things are going on in the world right now about, um, about abortion. Yes. And um, so I had this conversation with um, a friend of mine just the other night saying, it's got to be something in the word. And then afterwards, I was just sitting back, reflecting, like just reflecting back my day and and the week. And then, um, like when they sent to go and kill the babies, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, because they were trying to look for Jesus. Yeah. So they were killing the babies, and it was like that's where it is. That's what this spirit is doing. Yeah. It is, and God says, "Ah, uh, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb." Yeah. Yeah, he's known us. I knitted you together. Yes. He knitted our innermost parts. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. So two daughters and then you had a couple of other children with uh, somebody two else. Yes. Um, so the other one, Asha, her father's passed away. And she's a girl as well? She's a girl. Mm. So. And where was her dad, in WL or only South Australia? He, he was in the Northern Territory. So after Carnarvon, you went back to Alice Springs, did you? Yeah, I went back to Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. I went back to Alice Springs and, yeah. That's where you met this man? Yeah, I think I've, um, yeah, I knew him for a while before. Like, I've always sort of known him. What's the Carnarvon. age gap between the two and Asha? Between Asha, so Taylor is, Taylor the youngest, she is 22. The, out of the two big girls, Taylor is 22 and Asher is 17. Okay, so about five yeah. years. Five years, yeah. And then the Try. next child, same father or different father? Jackson, no, he has a different father. And he's a boy? He's a boy, yeah. Wow, so you have a boy as well. I have a boy. And where were, was he born in South Australia or in Northern Territory? He was born in South Australia. But I always knew, I always told myself if I had a, ever had a boy, his name would be Jackson because uh-huh. my grandfather's name was Jack. Okay. And he's, I just, he was, he was the best man in my life. I Your really, grandpa. Absolutely. I loved him. And he was the one that I grew up out at the station. You know, I would go with him. I would watch him. He was such an athlete. I remember going in his ute and we would, I would watch, I would go with him and he'd say to my grandmother, Dewey, bring, bring that kid with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd come and he'd say, now be quiet. And as he was going, like, um, so for the kangaroos, he would shoot them. But yeah. I remember watching him get out of the car yes. and chase an emu. Whoa. <laughs> and then he would break its neck and then bring it. And it was just, and they're fast. Yeah. Very fast. And just, yeah. And, and um, so he was, he did a lot of work on the station and was very respected. well respected. Yeah. He mm. spoke a lot of different languages and he was so... My grandfather Jack was, he's 
his grandfather was Al-Fayed Muhammad, who was a Afghan. That's where the Afghan part okay. comes in through. And him. from the other side was Mr. Uluru. Yes. Himself. It's, it's from, yeah, it's from my grandmother's brother. Brothers are wow. all the Uluru. So strongly connected to the... Yes. To the massive rock. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. And what um, brought you back to WA? Oh, you only came recently to WA. I only came recently. I didn't want to come. Where did you encounter the Lord? I encountered him in, wow. Well, it was really funny. Like after, after, the, after, the, after the miscarriage, no, after the abortion, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's when I, after, after the abortion I had an incident when I ended up in hospital me and my ex-partner were having an argument and I had cut my arm here, my my finger, and the loss of blood was huge. I had to sign, when I got to the hospital, they said I had to sign a form and I said, what's this for? Because if we can't stop the blood, we need to amputate because oh. my legs and arms, they were pins and needles from here and it was going up. And they said, if, it's, if this reaches your heart, you're gone. So they got me to sign a form and I had to ring my children and say goodbye to them. Oh, ouch. And I woke up and this woman's, and so I just remember, I just remember waking up and I'm choking on all of these tubes in my throat. Mm. And um, what I encountered right there was an angel. Yeah. Wasn't even saved. An angel came into my hospital room, turned off my life support, pulled all these cords out, and asked me if they could pray for me. And this person just looked like a nurse. Yeah. And but there was something just so beautiful about her. Mm. And she pulled, pulled this stuff out. She asked to pray for me and I said yes. And she prayed for me and then she said, um, you know someone's looking after, looking after you. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, he's got a plan for your life. And she said, I will always be around. I'll come back to check on you. This and was in hospital. This was in hospital. And then the doctors have come. Then she goes and the doctors come in and they're freaking out. Who's come in and turned off all of this stuff? And who's pulled out your drips? And who's done this? I said, that nurse. She comes in here and prays and prays for people. She did that for me. And they and then they started, yeah, they came in and were questioning me about what went on. And yeah. And when you came out of the hospital? Came out of the hospital. I just had this, um, I was always looking for a church. Yeah. I was looking, like if, yeah, I, uh, we, after I came out of hospital, um, we moved house and we moved across the road from a shopping centre and there was a place there, a non-Christian tells me about a, <laughs> tells me about a church of these guys at a, a Pentecostal church, and he was saying, "Don't worry about that Lutheran church. Yeah. Come to this one over here, <laughs> non-Christian." <laughs> he says, "Don't worry about that church. Come over here. These guys—they do a lot of good stuff for people. They make up packages at Christmas time. It looks like a restaurant up there. They've done it up for the homeless to come yeah. in and feed them." And I thought, "Wow, that's good." So I went up there to have a look a couple of times, but when I really needed help. I just, I, I just wanted it to end. Like we were selling drugs, drinking. Like I was, um, 
I could have went to prison so many times. <laughs> you never got caught. I never got caught. Never, never spent a night in lockup. Oh, I only probably I, I only no not a full night. I I I got I would um I would sometimes get picked up, but the police would sort of let me go, and then they they would. I I made friends with the cops. <laughs> But the, the the sergeant was the best one. Oh. And he actually told me what I was involved in. Yeah. And he said to me one time, he said, he said, Jody, he said, he said, What are you doing? And I said, I don't know. And he said, Get your kids on the next flight out of here. I said they yeah, they leave at ten in the morning. He said, You're in way over your head. So you he got said, out. Yeah, and he was like, "If you, oh, I stayed, but I got the, got rid of the girl." Okay. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So you met the Lord in hospital. You started attending one of the churches. I um, it was I, I was sort of um. So actually, when I went to my grandmother's, when after having all of this, being involved in um, when with, with the drugs I was in and the people I had started mixing with was real underground stuff yeah it was heavy um it had to do with like people in the court the corrupt cops so uh i like or more or less i found i had a hit on my head and i had just left and went to my grandmother's and she she was a christian paid for me to go there and she anointed me for three days and oh. prayed over me, but when family found out I was there, they came and sat. They said, "Get rid of her." Mm. But that it, it was the best thing because yeah. at the time, I wasn't. Um, I guess I wasn't ready to for that complete surrender. Yes, but I, I had, but I needed that to sort of, and then that's when God set things in line. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah. Which church did you go? Did you go to the Lutheran or to the Pentecostal or which one? Yeah, I didn't go back to the Lutheran church actually. No, um, I I went to it was when I went to I went to Alice Springs, so I didn't start going to the church. I I went I took my kids in there, but I would watch go into the uh, children's church just to make sure that they were doing that they were sitting there looking. I was more worried about the people who were going to watch my children because oh. <laughs> I didn't um, trust them. I didn't know, but it was it was really good, and my kids loved it. Yeah, and um, and then from there, just after that, my um, my whole life fell apart. Like me and Aaron just broke up, and that's like I left, and um, I went back to Alice Springs. I knew if I had to fight for my son and get my son back, yeah, I just I wasn't going to. I was I was going to die in Adelaide. Yeah. So I had to get out of there. Went back to Alice Springs, and that is when I had. Um, well, it's like all of the witchcraft that I had, all of the cultural stuff. Yeah. That I had been involved in before, because I would get we call it getting sung, mm -hmm. like they sing a song over you. Yeah. Like you know how uh, how. <clears throat> how David would sing a song over Saul and the bad spirits would leave. Yes. It's like the opposite in witchcraft. Yeah, they sing songs and the spirits come. Yeah, they sing a song over you and, th and they would come. And um, But usually there has to be some kind of 
intimacy or contact, not intimacy, but you know, a closeness, like yeah. either give you an oil or give you something to wear, like some attachments. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went back there and I got involved with in, like I got really sick. I could feel a snake coming around me and going oh. around my neck and like it was almost going to choke me. And I, I was just, my uncle took me to go and see a witch doctor to make it stop and what happened is when I went and seen him he was the man who had actually done this to me mm. so I would come to him yeah and um it was when he sort of said to me you know give yourself to me as a wife yeah and I will um and this is an old man yeah an old man who was married in a church yeah he got legal so these things this good archer men it's like a so they have carry a spirit and it also goes into like shape shifting oh it's very so but i've always been able to see these things move you know yes. shift from human form to um whether like a lot being and like animal oh and um yeah, so I go back there and then I just I just said, I was thinking, you know, just have me. I just want this to end. I'm yeah. sick of this. Yeah. I want it to end. And then that's when I said, no. I said, I'm going to God. Uh-huh. And then I ran into this little church and on this day, like like my nana, when I went with her, she said, when you're in church, one thing she said to me, cover yourself in the blood of Jesus. She said there's power in the blood. Nothing can touch you yeah. if you're under the blood. Mm. And that really really stuck to me. And she also told me that she did communion every morning when she got up. Yeah, She got up, had her time with the Lord. She prayed. She had this little prayer room and she had all of these flags in there. <laughs> and, yeah, she's, she told me to cover yourself in the blood of Jesus and I just, and I did that. And then... Um, and then when I was, yeah, it was just to run in there and have complete surrender in this little church, reading Psalms 91, and um, I would see this good archer, this spirit of death just fall. So it looks like how I would describe when you see in a, uh, in like a, um, what is it, Spider-Man or the one of the superhero movies and there's yeah. like, and they're running and it's just really fast, you can't yeah. see them, but you see... So you would see that, but just a black shadow and a stench yeah. go past. And you would see, like, like the dreadlocks, and it was yeah. just really, you'd, you'd know what it was. Yeah. And, um, well, and I just ran into the little church, and I said, I need, I just ran in there, and I thought, I knew this day, I knew this day I was going to die. I was going to completely die. Yeah. I, and I thought I'm either going to die in this car or I'm going to go in there. Yeah. Because the things that I seen, like these hellhounds that were coming after me with these these dogs mm. that were coming running, it was like they were doing anything to get to me. Mm. And before this good archer man would come, he sent his dogs. Yeah. And so I just ran into this church and I said, I need God, I need Jesus. Mm. And, I, and I just lifted my arms and when I did that, it was like I was under a waterfall, but it didn't go over me. It went through me. Yeah. And from the holes in my arms where I used to put the needles, it's like they just popped. And um, 
It was like someone got a pin and pricked my fingers and my toes and just this flushing just went right through me. It came out. It, came, it, was, like, uh, it was like a waterfall like that. Yeah. It was just complete flushing, came through, it came out. And it was the anointing. Mm-hmm. That's how I know the anointing. No one can tell me that, like, I've, I've had people question me, how do I know when I feel the anointing in my body? That is what I felt the day I was completely delivered yep. and washed clean okay. from addiction. I've never gone back and never will. So that feeling of, like, a menthol coolness, cooling, and almost, like, jumping out of my body, like these waters flushing through me, that's what I feel Sometimes when that's what I feel when people need healing. Yeah, I'll feel it in my body, mm. and yeah. So you carried on going to that church. Yeah, I. It was. It was. It was. It was wonderful. Like this little. It was a little apostolic shed. Mm-hmm. It was a little shed where there was like ten Aboriginal people praying. Yeah. And this one guy, he still to this day he doesn't remember saying the prayer for me. People that didn't couldn't even recognize me when I walked in the church. Yeah. Like a week or two later, they couldn't recognize the I was the same person. Yeah, because I had yeah. been, I had been. Um, they couldn't recognize because I had been. I couldn't because of these things that were coming after me. I couldn't shower because I would come into the shower. This man. Yeah. And um. Yeah, my hair was different, my face, it was I was completely changed. Praise God. Yeah, praise the Lord. And now where are you now? Now, now where am I? So this is four or five years ago? How yeah. Long? That's a, so it was twenty seventeen. Okay. So five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. And who is Jody? Twenty seventeen sorry, twenty sixteen it was. Yeah, seventeen. Twenty seventeen is when I was baptized. Who is Jody Hampton today? Jody Hampton today. A woman who wants to do what God's called her to do. And that is? He um, just called me to heal the land, heal the land, the people, the co- heal this country. Yeah. And it's it's never anything I've wanted to do. Yeah. It's it's never anything I wanted to do. But how I said, like where the drowning happened, that's a very place where God brought me back mm-hmm. the first time to release the land and the people. And I didn't realize, I thought that was just going to be a first time thing. And it was so, he made it so I knew he was there. There was absolutely no denying it. And then it started to be a pattern. So, yeah, I'm just. So the Lord will carry you now throughout the nation to do that. Yeah. He led me from the menorah in the creek to the church menorah. Yeah. So that I, I think you actually ran away for a while. <laughs> I did run away for a while. <laughs> and he brought me back. back. <laughs> he brought me the word and the word about the Shunammite. Yeah. And it's really funny because the time when I had I had um, first come here yes. was about in Song of Songs when the Shulamite, when she says, uh, I found my, my Bible went missing and I found it and I just heard. I found the one my soul loves. And then you have that up at Menorah. And I was like, oh. that was what was spoken that day yeah. on the opening here. Yeah. It was like a letter from heaven and God was sealing. Yeah. This is where you are. This is where I'm planting you. Yeah. And at that time I didn't even know, but I look back and um, I look back 
and I was meant to be here even from that from that time of where I was in the creek at sitting at the menorah tree. Yeah, you go. everything lines up, doesn't it? Absolutely. How did you find out a menorah? How did you come here first time? How did I come here first time? Who invited you? Or My how? friend Paul. Okay. I met him on doing the Pilbara trip. Oh, okay, so, with Shah. With Shah. And because nice. he drove he drove to pick me up like all the way to Midland yeah. and I thought I really have to be there for this guy. He did that for me. If he didn't, if he didn't come and pick me up, my life could have turned in a different direction. So you, first of all, you wouldn't have gone up north? I wouldn't have gone, no. I wouldn't and have then secondly, north. you wouldn't have been here? I wouldn't have been here. So that was, yeah, that was great. You know, Jodie, um, I'm going to say this on camera, but I, I believe the Lord brought you here. I believe that what you carry is a prophetic word for this land. Mm. For Australia, but you must come. Wow. You must come under apostolic cover. Yeah. Wow. God yeah. in this season is reestablishing the apostles and the prophets. You know, we have the pastors, we have the evangelists, uh, we have the teachers, but in this time, in the last sort of twenty, thirty years, God began working to bring back to the forefront the this fivefold mm. that hasn't been operational wow. very well. Apostles and prophets, and you have a prophetic, you know, mantle that the Lord has began giving you. However, you wow. need to grow in that. Yes. You need to grow in mature in that. But you can't grow without apostolic cover. You need yeah. the apostle to, to guide you. Wow. And I believe that God is raising you from the indigenous people, from the first Australian people, as a prophetess, to bring up about the apostolic into this nation and mm. God is right. doing something. This is not just in Australia. Yeah. This is all over the world. God Absolutely. is God is working in yeah. the indigenous churches. Yeah. And he's healing the land. Absolutely. Through the through the indigenous Praise with God. the westerners. Yeah. yeah. To those who came here. Yeah. You can't heal the land That's right. on one side. Yeah. You know the government tried to heal the land in a Western way, mm. and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The indigenous try to somehow heal the land in their own spiritual way, That's and right. that doesn't work. It's, not it's only when the two wow. come together in reconciliation, the land will be healed. Absolutely. That's the prophetic. That's the apostolic. Yeah. That's the apostle wow. and the prophets coming Praise together God. to equip the saints and release them mm. into the ministry. With and I believe God has brought you to menorah. To equip, to equip you. So the mantle yes. is there, the call on your life is there. Yes. But there's a process that you have to go through. Yeah. You know, you're a wanderer. Yes. And it's 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 good. Yeah. But God needs to establish you to wander from. Yeah. You need to have a baseline. Yeah, I do. I really do. That's so right. And I think that's why the Lord has brought you here. Mm. And even though, you know, you've had your attempts and this this there's still struggle. Yeah. Until we get it right. Yeah. But don't resist the journey. No, I won't. God, God's doing something here, and I believe He's brought you here. Um, and from here, He will take us in various places yeah. to support you in your call and in your ministry. Um, one of the things that I do see with uh, one of the things that the Lord has revealed to me, and it is so the what had happened with the indigenous when he says their blood was so even if we have no direct contact with any family member 
or someone who has been through, say, um, the taken from the family, what yeah. do they call that? Lost generation. Yeah, the lost generation. Even if they they don't, even if you don't know someone directly, but it's in your family line. Yeah. Even if there's been um, trauma and people, it's like an imprint. So the Lord showed me it's like an imprint on the blood in the blood. Yeah, in, in the, the DNA. DNA. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an imprint in the DNA that's passed on generationally. generationally yeah. And the only thing that can heal it is the blood of Jesus, mm. and that's to go back to the place where the trauma has started and caused. And to break that we, curse. To break the curse. But we must go back as 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 one, two different, like black and white, and come together yeah. as like in uh, Ezekiel 37, it talks about um, verse, verse 15 onwards, it talks about one kingdom and one king. Yes. And that, I believe, is the two coming together. That's and what that I mean. No we need that reconciliation. Separate. We need that reconciliation there and then. Yeah. Otherwise, this will not happen. Because to reconcile, there must be repentance. Yeah. And the word was, he will heal the land if if the people who are called by my name yeah. will repent. In other words. Yeah. Then he will heal the land. Yeah. So in repentance, there's reconciliation and there's the healing of the land. Mm. So these are all together. Mm. I will hear their prayer, I will listen, which is just amazing. Mm. So I think to be part of this in the season is, is actually actually beautiful because this is all spiritual, but it does manifest physically as well. Yeah. And uh, it's powerful. Wow, it truly is. It's exciting time yeah. to be here. And you know, we wow. recorded this story last week and it was lost. The, the digital recording was never saved for some reason. Mm. And the story that we recorded last week, let me tell you something, <laughs> that was not. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it sounded and looked nothing like it did today. Yeah. So this is, I think, what God wanted to come out. Yeah. But then again, there was a process from last week to this week yeah. that we needed to go through. Absolutely. And do you, do you see the difference? Yeah, I do. The maturing yeah. and the walking along when the Lord wants to do something. Yeah. So I think this is absolutely beautiful because this is the God-given moment. Something unlocked here tonight that is powerful in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And it's for this nation. Mm. And I'm, I'm excited because I Very look forward to, to see God. God's not going to work. I mean, he can work through governments. He can work through policymakers. But God chose the church. This is how he works in the world today. The kingdom of God is working through the church, the saints. And we are the first ones called to contribute and transform this nation. Yeah. So don't wait for the government. Don't wait for policies. Don't wait for others to do this. We have a role to play. And the mandate is for the church to mm. restore everything and to win everything unto God. It's the kingdom mandate. And I think we should on, uh, take that responsibility on, which is really beautiful. Really good. Well, you definitely helped me, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> be, uh, you know, ignited with this passion as well. Yeah, wow. For the people, for the reconciliation, for the indigenous, for the white people, mm. for everyone. Absolutely. To make Australia yeah. the true Southland of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's what I like to see. Yeah. We've got a, we've got great things ahead, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we focus on that, this nation will be different. 
the generations mm. to come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we just want to carry on. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, this was not orchestrated, wow. this was not planned, uh -huh. but I believe this was true revelation and what God has unlocked here tonight is powerful. Thank you, Jesus. I just say to you, watch this space because greater things are yet to come. I won't give away anything yet mm. because uh, something is stirred up inside me and I believe so God right has uh, mm. somehow mm. turned the page and a new chapter is being written from here tonight. Right. So keep reading, and uh, as we write this new chapter, we'll take you along on the journey. Until next time, take care. This was Jody Hampton at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, and my name is Nathaniel Castillo. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.